Welcome to Queen to Queen with your host, Bebe, a tour guide, history buff extraordinaire, and Didi, your drag queen designer connoisseur. Two queens with delusions of grandeur give you their take on the world's weird, wonderful, fucking fabulousness. So sit back, get a cocktail, and enjoy the show. Hello, my love. Hello, baby. How are you doing over there across the pond? Well, hello, Dee Dee, darling. Well, I'm actually bloody awful. It's bloody freezing, bloody cold. I want some bloody sunshine. I want you in my life. That's what I need. I mean, happy solstice. It's the longest day of summer that happened this past week. So um, there was no sunshine in England again. Quel dommage. No, it, it was rained off. Like... Even the druids all dancing semi-naked or fully naked around Stonehenge were wet and not in a good way. They were wet and soggy and dirty. Mm, just the way I like it. Absolutely. Those <laughs> dirty, dirty druids. Well, I mean, I just think that most most of England, really from sort of May till September, is just in various states of sogginess. Oh, and no. Then every time we get that sort of hundred degree day we're all out you know almost naked except in our little mankinis bikinis and any keenies that you like <laughs> we burn to a crisp and then sort of slowly cool it off in the next few weeks of rain but yes i'm accepting the peril you are sopping how are you darling how did you celebrate the solstice I was fantastic. Was there nakedness involved? <laughs> well, um, there was a bit of sex involved. <laughs> Not with yes! another. Yes! Yeah. sex. I know, right? A spiritual sexuality. <laughs> Getting contact with Gaia, feeling her energy flow through you in the 100% natural act of coitus. I Love know. It. I know. I'm feeling the feel the vibe of instead of being sopping oh, sopping wet over in England, it was hot as balls over here in New York City. <laughs> oh. Or as long as there was just some hot balls, I mean, either way, sounds great. Who cares about the grammatics? <laughs> yeah, I got I gathered with a bunch of friends on Saturday. The solstice actually was on Sunday, but I gathered with a bunch of friends on Sunday and went to an oak tree and did little prayers and seances and meditation. And it was quite lovely. Um, some things that, so I'm part of a pagan group and the pagan group is a little bit more pagan than druid. And so there's they don't really call in the four corners. Oh. They don't really do certain things, but there are certain things that I'm like, oh, that's that's different such as they are like we're gonna call on the beings of nature from somewhere over there and i'm like okay cool all right so i i you call them in and then you ask for their blessing and you give them some bread or some cookies or some jam and then you're just like hail to them hail to them and then you move on to the next person who you call upon and so this one this since it was a summer solstice they dedicated everything to helios or helios or something like that which is basically mm -hmm. apollo the greek apollo. god of the sun yeah yeah which yeah. is funny because as a pagan i'm like fuck those greeks <laughs> they fucked up our lives <laughs> <laughs> they're damn monotheistic shit no I'm, um it's just that it's, it, it was a it's like okay so i went home and did my own ritual yesterday which was actually the solstice day which is uh june 20th and i did my own ritual in the park and it was really great and it was very i had a lot of wind there was a lot of wind that came so i feel like a wind of change is happening in in the world and it's already happened with corona but now it's like really pushing that wind out so people are like 
Oh, so in New York City, everything is like kind of opened up now. People are kind of wearing masks, kind of not wearing masks. I think in the next week or so, they're going to take away the the mask policy because everyone's vaccinated and they're doing pretty good here. And oh, um, amazing, I know. Well, you know, it's 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 all right. Life's okay. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. That's it. So starting, I mean, obviously now we've had the solstice, so now we're sort of in the the next half of the year. Let's think that this wind of change blowing out the old half, blowing into the new half, bringing lots of changes, positivity with it. I I can see that. I've been in need of that. So yay. Thank you. Amazing. Keep on blowing. (laughs) (laughs) Keep that keep that blow Especially horn alive. Especially naked in a breeze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, it's Pride Month still. So happy Pride, baby. Happy Pride, Dee Dee. And so, I, I mean, what have you been doing for Pride? Because normally I, I I miss seeing like your wonderful photos of all your incredible costumes. I mean, oh, that butterfly year. Darling, I was just like, if I had legs like that, I would never get off fans only. <laughs> well, thank you. Oh. <laughs> or only fans. Or whatever it's called. Well, there's something about transformation and pride that happens. So this pride, as I said last time, is I, I was going to do a whole little outfit, but I had a little bit of family emergency, so I'm going to celebrate pride my own different way. Uh, I don't want to go too much into it, but much love to my mother. But I have noticed actually this pride season, pride in New York City is looking different this year. I am seeing tons and tons and tons of advertising toward the gay population to be like, hey girl, buy our product. So I think in England, actually, the thing that I've noticed this year, and it's partly I think to do with COVID, but also for pride, is there's rainbows everywhere. So I don't know if you did this in in the US but here in the UK the rainbow became the symbol of the NHS and fighting for the NHS and keeping it going this idea that really? you know Different. after the storm of covid yeah after the storm of covid the that there would be happiness afterwards and so there was already a lot of rainbows going on but then all of a sudden I was walking I saw Claire's accessories was like oh my god I was like are they rabid NHS supporters or have they decided to celebrate pride as well what I found in the UK is yeah there has been a real sort of commercial push this year far more than ever before of pride and rainbows and perhaps not in, not in terms of pride marches and events, but certainly this idea of, you know, you're united under your rainbow has been a really big thing. And I don't know if it is because they had like a load of NHS stuff, just they were like, let's rebrand this for pride. Hmm. Or if it's going to be a sort of universal celebration coming together sort of thing for all marginalized groups. But yeah, there is rainbows breaking out all over the UK. (laughs) Leave it to the English to sit there and take a national symbol or an international symbol, a symbol of pride in the gay community and being like, we're going to make it this thing instead. Let's mess it up. We've been having these advertisements on Spotify for Target. And the way the advertisement starts is it goes, celebrate pride in your own way by wearing a little button or some rainbow outfits or accessories, or buying a drink in Pride, but also shopping up Target. And it's like, what? 
this total commercial went to being like supporting like pride to being like target is the person to go to for all your pride accessories and i'm like uh thanks advertisement next uh, you know this year pride is a little different because there is no marches well there is a march but it's called the liberation march so it's going back to its roots of being more about like standing up for what we are and the freedom of being a, a gay person and being liberated to um now the advertisements are all about like having same-sex couples, different kinds of scenarios involved with that. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting because I remember when Black Lives Matter happened in the beginning of last year and actually throughout last year, all these advertisements that used to have all white people also turned into this multicultural event, sort of capital ones like, oh, we used to have Taylor Swift. Now we're going to put like, I don't know, NeNe Leaks on it. Instead of just having a white person, they're going to make at least three to five of the people. And the first person you see in the advertisement is a black person or a person of color. And so I feel like now, because of gay pride's happening, they're very much like, oh, these people are very important to us now. This is who the culture is. Let's go toward it. I think very much so. But, I mean, obviously you've got the... You, you have got the importance of let's say, hitting a target audience and also having that audience be inclusive. Mm. Um, so it's not, it's not unsurprising, I think, that brands, manufacturers, companies, conglomerates, whoever those evil bastards are, are going to try and steal the money from innocent heterosexuals, homosexual and pansexual couples mm. um, and anyone in between. Um, it's just a new market tool. But what I think is interesting for me is looking out from literally like first of june it's like yes queen <laughs> yes. 30th they're like get back in that closet i know um, i know i know i mean <laughs> you get one we, month only talk about the co- yeah so so that's what that is it i mean i think i think personally what would be more beneficial is that if we look at advertising rather than just celebrating one month of LGBTQA+, that you integrate it into all forms of advertising so it becomes the norm. And it should be the same with having advertising with people of colour. It should be the same with having advertising with people with disabilities because we are all part of society and advertising should not just necessarily be targeting, you know, individuals within that society for sort of nefarious reasons you can tell that i'm on this sort of communist side of advertising <laughs> yeah, nationality is going through my head there but we, go. <laughs> we want it to reflect all of society a global society um and so it's good that they're having advertising and they're putting it out there in pride month and not afraid of the kickback what is england like when it comes to kickback as far as advertising and commercialism with gays so interestingly it actually started in england with a kiss over an egg oh Mm. so uh do you know the fabulous creamy cadbury's cream egg oh my god i love them i just pour myself all in their creaminess i do like those actually i love them (laughs) so good so question Question, Dee Dee, do you eat it with a spoon or do you lick out the inside? (laughs) (laughs) That's literally, in in England, that's how the world is divided, literally. You're either lickers or spooners. There is no in between. (laughs) 
I didn't know there was an option. I just always sucked on the inside, like like a snake, just being like, mmm, this juice is... Mm. <laughs> I didn't know people actually ate it with a spoon. That's Love so it. funny. I'm I'm a spooner. I must say, I'm a spooner. I like to, like, spoon out the inside and the, then eat the chocolate on the outside. That's that's my personal. I'm a spooner, not a liquor. Um, but in, in January, they started advertising, because it's Cadbury's 50th anniversary, yay! Um, mm. They started advertising at the brand for the cream egg. And in the advert, there was a real-life gay couple. They were, like, kissing over the egg i'm trying to so like, there's an egg in between their mouth and they're sort of just about to touch lips whilst also biting into this egg it was all very chocolatey and erotic oh my god um and <laughs> when that first came out it was really divisive because it was on like pre-watershed which in the uk is nine o'clock because that's when we all go to bed um <laughs> and they were like but what is this children are going to see this advert and they're going to see gay men kissing and they're going to think the chocolate gays which please of course it does <laughs> so no so it was on the one hand there really was this sort of conservative like oh my gosh i can't believe that those gay men are kissing um but then actually the advert did begin to get more interest because firstly the the gay couple is a real life couple and also it's an interracial couple oh so um it's really ticking it's really ticking the boxes it's really ticking those those butts there inclusive society (laughs) yeah so it really was and actually there was a whole furore over it for about five minutes Mm. but then they also showed this image interspersed with, you know, other families having eggs and things like that. And so they're not drawing attention. I mean, it's not, it wasn't an advert of like one minute of this real gay couple just eating an egg erotically together and sexualizing <laughs> it in any way. It was simply showing this couple doing, you know, what everyone else would do. Um, I mean, just seriously, like first date etiquette. Right. Uh, what else does an English person do? I never did that on my first date. I didn't <laughs> we, we eat over just... an egg. <laughs> like, I sucked out an egg. Exactly. You eat the spoon or lick, darling. You eat the spoon or lick. We licked our um, tongues together so... between the eggs. That's what we did. We just like tonged on each side. There better have tongues. been some chocolate involved. Uh, always. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. So it was it was really interesting. Um and now I think people don't care. But I also think on the other hand, this was quite let's say it was quite uh changing in the UK because essentially there had been other gay people represented in adverts, but it was not for something as universal as chocolate. Ooh, chocolate so brings people together, that's believe me. Why, well, I would say, yeah, genuinely. So I would say, but also it's an, a multi-generational thing. I mean, if you're having a gay couple drinking a glass of wine in a fancy bar, that's not something that, you know, five-year-old kids are going to be watching on TV in terms of an advert, because it's definitely not the target audience. But if you have chocolate, which is something they can see then and also interact with them themselves it's not going to be as um it's not going to be as astounding if you like and that is very important personally i i don't know what ads are like in the us i mean in the uk they're just awful it's um in the uk they've genuinely found that most people turn off ads anyway um because you have you can only legally have about 15 minutes 
three times in any one hour program. Well, but, you, you guys have this option. Um, I think that there's an option in the UK where you can push all your advertisements to like the end of the show or something. But in America, they when they have advertisements that are during t- television shows, it's every 10 minutes and that's mandatory basically. But the first ever advertisement that showed in the UK, or sorry, in the United States, was in 1994, they had an Ikea ad where these couple was basically showcasing themselves romantically involved, going through Ikea store and buying things together. And after that, this thing called the One Million Moms or the AFA had all these, mm. all this hubbub hub, hub, hub about it and they canceled the ad. They actually reneged it and they pulled it off the air really quickly. So they've had a couple of different moments after that with gay couples involved, such as during the Ellen show, they featured lesbian couple in a Hallmark kind of advertisement and they pulled that off the air. And then they didn't show anything for like eight years after that. So this was like in the 90s when they did this. And so they didn't show anything for eight years. And eventually Chrysler had something. And they're not terrible, I would have to say, in the U.S. They just became much more... There was this point in time because gay people tend to have a certain stigma behind them and with the way they look and what they do and how they are. So usually what happens Mm. is that they would kind of feature a specific type of gay person either be a muscle man or a person that's like um you know going to parties all the time or looking fucking sexy or something like that and that's what they think that gay people are like everywhere and so they would just sit there and they would advertise that and then they're like trying to sell you a car or they're trying to sell you a i don't know a hallmark thing but it doesn't always fit so thankfully they kind of broke away from that but now i feel that advertisement is all based on data and so they're trying to figure out how to like I can hear it I can hear the advertisers and marketers in my head of what they're trying to do when they putting something on the air that's like um I don't know uh, like formulated that's the word the formulation of it Yeah and I think once again in the UK adverts which did feature same sex couples were primarily for things which were adult nature so mm. I mean like they were for condoms or they were for uh, gay bars and things like that. They weren't for regular stuff like a car or a chocolate egg. <laughs> oh, okay. So now, uh, but, but, but now in the UK, it, it is becoming more common. I'll tell you one of the things which was really shocking for me, and this is still only going back, I would say, about 10 years ago. Um, and this is how I think times have really changed. When I was a kid, there was no gay stuff at no. all, really, in the UK. Um, in terms of conversation about it, in terms of, like, we didn't learn about being gay in school. It was, you know, there was no question there at all about learning about any sorts of sexuality. There was definitely no advertising. But when I went to university in France, on the metros, and this is just, you know, out there for everyone to see, there were adverts massive we're talking about sort of 40 feet by 40 feet adverts on the walls of gay men kissing and this was for condoms oh there my gosh. was pictures of um yeah there was pictures of online dating hmm. for met for men adverts in the metros and mm. I remember being so British and going, oh, my God, wow, I never, oh, they're so open about their gaze. And so, whereas in the UK, I would never have 
thought to go to to go to Pride, mainly because I live in like the country and we only have one gay in the village. Hey, um, one gay, really like one that. gay in the so, village. Yeah, we, really, <gasps> where are they? <laughs> one gay in the village. It's, it's a it's a, a joke from a British series called Little Britain. It's amazing. I love um, Little Britain. But, I, mean, I really live in the country. It's so good. See, yeah. But even there, they used homosexuality as a joke. They weren't, and I say they weren't sort of embracing it openly. It was more a, a joke within the in the comedy sketch. But then now I went when I was like when I meant went to France. Then it was. I had far more access to understand, to meet with gay people, to, and, you know, all of the LGBTQ community. Literally, I went to a university that was made up of 150 students. 94% of them were girls and the rest were gay men. It was amazing. (laughs) The Um, best combination. The gays just flocked to the, like, yeah. The gays just flocked to the languages, darling. Oh, um, but then culture. I actually went to Pride to Pride for the first time, and even when I went to Pride in Paris for the first time, it was as we mentioned last week, like quite conservative. Mm-hmm. And then I see UDD being fabulous in America, and so even I think if America, because of probably its religious leanings, tendencies. Bible bashing in the South, for example, um, it's going to have that conservative kickback. Now it's way more open, I would say, than than Europe, and especially how Europe is becoming. Yeah. I mean, I would say recently in Europe there has been a real crackdown. You look at countries like Poland, um, uh, which is cracking down. I mean, even in France, when gay marriage was being introduced, and I remember it was the pride of must have been 2010 Mm -hmm. like that was the because that was the year gay marriage came out that was the real big push there was adverts everywhere you know uh, family is this uh, with two men and there was also for the first time adverts which were not for things like condoms but with gay couples in them Mm. so there's a place called Highline here in New York City and there is this the first time I've ever seen a really big billboard about a drag queen actually in advertisement that was a bit different was this big billboard on the High Line and they had it was for a storage company called Big Apple Storage or something and it was a man inside of a basically had all this drag stuff inside the storage unit and then had this little thing that says my my wife will never know what I'm doing here and it's him getting dressed in drag <laughs> and being fabulous and it's just like oh that's a really weird way to advertise being drag I guess in the closet New York City is a bit different because we have these huge billboards in the 90s with these huge billboards of Calvin Klein ads where it was just like this naked man in underwear. Well, sort of semi-naked man in underwear. And Times Square in the 90s was a bit of a mess. So it messed as it had a lot of sex. It had a lot of sex workers. It had a lot of drugs. It had a lot of kind of violence too. And as that kind of that tide or that wind of change happened throughout the 90s those advertisements in times square turned into disney advertisements because disney bought up all this land and then disney actually (laughs) started making these things called gay days which is something of a commercialized super gay day which is very funny to think that gay day is like disney world and gay day don't always mix but you're like yeah well they're apparently very progressive with that and they get a lot of people come to the united states wait a minute 
Dee Dee, I thought Disneyland was mecca for gay people. It is, I, but... I thought like it was a legal requirement that if you if you haven't come out of the closet, you're not allowed to go to Disney. Oh, I well, I didn't know that either. But I, I was surprised. I think in, I'm not sure when they start <laughs> Gay Day, but like, uh, what well, you're what, Disney World equals gay? Jeez, that's I'm so sorry. Sorry, all you people. Sorry, Zach Efron. Like. <laughs> Apparently you have your card somewhere, oh, honey. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I have been following the gayish host feed. There Ooh. is a lot of Zac Efron lovers in the community. There are, and uh, I I'm too. I'm happy about more than anything else is when the people like the the people from the gayish podcast are advertising gay owned businesses, gay people, gay things they're part of. I think that's something I love. That I think that's mm. great because it's instead of just being Chrysler, who is you know, a multi-billion dollar company trying to target gay people. It's more like a gay group or industries mm. blossoming into their own kind of being and colors. But as far as Disney World and gay days, I'm sort of torn about that because people love Disney as a sort of homey, homespun, good time show thing. And yet they've really grown in a different, like a different sector because Miramax, which used, used to be owned by Disney and still is, I think, Miramax was this huge movie corporation or movie production company that would produce all these gay art films in the 2000s, 90s, 2000s, and beyond and then they kind of turned into like the Weinstein brothers and whatever but the Weinstein brothers really knew how to advertise to the gay people they really knew how to get that market and go ding <laughs> they were just like we can molest women and get the gay market work it out honey uh, I, I don't remember any gay, gay advertisements in the 90s 2000s and only in the 2010s when I started seeing a lot more because of RuPaul's Drag Race and also because there's a logo mm. that was here. They didn't have this in the UK, but they had this, this station called Logo here that would be a gay-run company. And they eventually turned into Wow Presents, which is like a gay-owned company. I think RuPaul probably has a stake in it somehow. There, um, But I, I do remember Gay Pride in 2019, 50 years after the anniversary of Pride. And... I swear to God, every single company in the goddamn world capitalized in on our gay pride. I remember waiting in line for five hours to march down this street that usually takes an hour and a half to march down, waiting in line for five hours because Capital One or some other company couldn't get their fucking act together and move down this street fast enough. And it was like, what the F-bomb? I'm not going to say Capital One's a bad thing, but mm. I'm just saying there was a lot of advertisements going on there that was just like, you know, you're not really a part of this. You're just you have people a part of it but it doesn't mean that you're like rah 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 but I, I feel like most of the companies I apply for for jobs actually have a lot of gay um, they put in their clauses now saying like if you're homosexual we accept you we love we love you we don't want any discrimination we don't want this we don't want that that's very interesting to see because then now it's a legal thing it's more like written in their contracts as a legal non-discriminatory I don't know what the word, non-discriminatory law. Mm, mm. So. Yeah, we, obviously by putting it into law, we will hope that it gets uh, actively used by employers. The one thing I think about the, let's say the commercialization of gay pride is that the, especially in the UK, like the LGBTQA plus, incredible anagram group what they represent is about about six percent of the uk population officially oh wow however uh just three percent of all advertising represents the lgbtq plus 
community. Oh, interesting. And one of the things, yeah, and, and one of the things as well, which is perhaps problematic and proves that they're, especially, as I said, commercialization around Pride Month specifically, one of the things they mm. do tend to do is they tend to just resort to stereotypes. Mm. Like they will often show uh, lesbians, you know, happily laughing together, but they're both quite butch. Mm. Or they will show gay men enjoying drinking vodka from rainbow colored bottles, <laughs> but they're both quite camp. So... Yeah. The, the advertise and so this is what I think is also important about the commercialization of, of Pride Month or any type, you know, when we talk about the commercialization of Easter or Christmas or whatever, it's perhaps the same sort of argument is that are these advertisers promoting their products with an idea that their products will promote social inclusivity, that they will promote uh, social acceptance and understanding? Or are they literally just whacking a rainbow on it, charging an extra $5 and hoping that gay people are going to buy it? <laughs> That's the question that we have to look at behind big conglomerates that mm -hmm. are doing these advertisements. But you're right in saying that it is important that if in or Pride Month, we should say, should be the moment when gay businesses take the fore and are being represented and are being promoted and are finally being made more accessible, not only to the gay community, but to the general in public, because that will be another way to promote total social cohesiveness, unity and acceptance. Totally, I agree. Um, I was just reading this thing on Forbes magazine from 2018, estimated $3.7 trillion global queer community's purchasing power would rank among the largest economies in the world. Is that crazy? In the US, it's $1 trillion in the queer community's purchasing power. $1 trillion, that's as much as like uh, Apple makes. So, I mean, we have the money, honey. We're, we're here well, to spend I, it. Yeah, I don't think that's unsurprising. Um, I, I once was doing a, a tour in the Marais with this old lady. And she was like, literally, this neighborhood used to be so run down. And then the gays moved in. And, you know, <laughs> they don't waste money on babies. So they have loads of money to spend on decorations. That was literally <laughs> her sort of Venn diagram. There was like gay people, money, babies. <laughs> like there was no sort of interlap. It was really funny. But I mean, yeah, the I would assume one of the reasons that the gay community, let's say historically, uh, did have better income is because they're not having to focus on raising their own biological children for the most part, though obviously we're not generalizing here, is yeah. they have more disposable income. I mean, literally, there's a reason that I'm not having kids because I'm like, I don't want to spend my money on diapers. I want to spend it on dungarees. Just hold the baby out so you can just poop on the street like a dog and just be yeah. like, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just too much hassle I, i'm like i can barely look after myself why would i put my money in a baby um, <laughs> well you know i think that's going to change it in the next like 30 to 50 years because a yeah, lot of gay exactly. couples are having babies right now they're figuring out how to make it happen in that way i did see an advertisement that was really interesting though and I, I, I we always talk about the uk we talk about in america i did see an advertisement on youtube that was for an indian promoting Indian gay equality and it was this what's the celebration where they throw 
all the powder on each other, the colored powder. Holly. Yeah. So they had an advertise. Yes,、yeah, so、they have an advertisement of Holly, where this guy was seeking. He was on an app and he was seeking like a、um, a companion at this festival, Holly festival, that had all gay people. So it had a whole bunch of guys without their shirts on. They're throwing all this color on each other, and it's beautiful and lovely. And then he's trying to find this special man in the crowd, and so eventually he finds this special man covered with. Like holly colors all over him, and he has this advertisement of this company tattooed on his chest, like their logo tattooed on his tattooed on his chest. And so the guy touches the chest tattoo, and then the guy with the tattoo puts holly in the other guy's hair, and it's just like this whole thing. And I'm just I'm looking at going go India first off because they're not usually known to be very gay friendly in India, but go India. And then second off, it's like this is a clearly an advertisement for this company to be like we're gonna make these gay people. Buy our products. I had a little <laughs> bit of a,、um, I had a juxtaposition of feeling about it. It was like, and plus, all these men who were in it were quite beautiful, and they're all like these attractive Indian guys. They're like, oh, we're so gorgeous.、Mm. Mm. Where in the nineties, everybody wore like these like loose fitting、uh, Seinfeld clothes. It just looks stupid. And then as they realized, like we need to target <laughs> the gays who are like hot. Because they're gonna buy this shit. So Very, all、um, of a sudden, the 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 heavy shirts are out and the spandex is in. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think you said something about like alcohol and being in the gay community, and I feel like there is a clothing aspect and a I guess fetish aspect. You have to drink this kind of alcohol. You have to wear this kind of clothing, and you have to wear like rainbows at the galore. When not all gay people are totally into that, there might be a variety、mm. of gays and what they wear out. There. So I think once again, one of the things which is interesting in, let's say, English advertisement, is that most adverts which feature gay couples, gender fluid, transgender, etc., they often focus on them in a sort of party scene or party setting. <laughs> like they don't show them bored at home in their underwear watching Netflix. They're、Scratching、always their out having yeah exactly that. That is not what what people are seeing when they're seeing adverts. They're always seeing the sort of party side of it. So perhaps one of the the worries that is in the UK and certainly in let's say amongst opinion polls that have been asked within the LGBTQ plus community. Um, is do you think that it represents the reality of gay life? And most people are like, well, not really. However, I also think that most adverts don't represent real life. I mean, I've never had a meerkat deliver a pizza to my house. I've been waiting for one. I saw it in an advert. Still hasn't happened. <laughs> It's、um, very aspirational, so, darling. I mean, aspirational. That, exactly. <laughs> but if that meerkat turned up in a rainbow jacket with a Papa John's, I'd be like, damn, it was true. <laughs> no, I'll never believe. No, I'll never stop believing all the. I do love so, the fact that I, last year,、um, I I don't know how it was in the UK, but I do love the fact that last year there was more representation of what real life was because of coronavirus. Because people were making advertisements in their like bedrooms、mm. and in their like underwear, and they're just sitting from the computer. Except even that was a little bit,、um, a little bit, I guess. Formulaic because they're like, well, people are seeing a home in their underwear right now. We should do an advertisement to make this look a little bit more casual and glamorous. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, all adverts are to sell a product. They're not going to make it look shit. <laughs> they're going to make it look as nice as possible. And whether that is for heterosexual couples or gay、Babies. couples, the, the same sort of focus is, yeah, buy our product. It's the opposite of shit. <laughs>、uh, it's really the overall message. 
the, the overall message that they are that they're going for. Um, but one of the things which is interesting, so in the UK, there's been a big move to try and change this. So we have this channel called Channel Four, which mm. originally used to do programs such as Ganks of Chelsea and things like that. <laughs> yes, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> wild housewives of Northumberland that sort of box um, now, now it's trying to make itself into like a legitimate TV series, a uh, legitimate TV channel and so they actually launched this big thing um, about diversity and they did a study of around 2,000 adults mm. uh, about half and half of LGBTQ plus and straight and basically what was interesting is that of the people asked, about 22% thought that there was more gay people represented in advertising than there actually is. Oh, wow. And so then they tried to, yeah, they tried to ask why that was. And it was because they were seeing, people were sort of seeing the same advert over and over again. Mm. So, um, and one of the examples was, was they did it for a, um, a famous beer company, a UK uh, beer company. Um, which featured a, a gay couple drinking beer. And this was shown throughout a one hour program 11 times oh my gosh so people were like oh wow there's a gay advert on and so they would register that but then they wouldn't perhaps register that they were seeing the same advert again so they're having it's like subliminal messaging like gay beer is here gay beer is here enjoy the gay beer so people thought that there was more representation whereas actually the reality is that still there's just three percent but it's just the same 3% being used quite a lot. Also, one of the things is, is that for most people, so of this 2,000 people that they, they actually asked for, um, 60% felt that when the LGBTQ community was being represented, they were often represented in a sort of slightly negative light, mm. or they were the sort of maxi focus of the the advert. They were just like a token in the advert. It wasn't dedicated primarily to being something which was LGBTQ. Mm. If it was a regular product, whereas if you had something which was perhaps sexually related, it would be. So once again, there is a very clear, let's say, marketing agenda here, which is still marginalising from society, the LGBTQ plus community versus sexualising it um, and not making it something which is part of everyday life, which is why, to a certain extent, the cream egg advert that we mentioned earlier was so significant because it was a product not directly related to sex with two gay people in it overtly being romantic oh yeah i i i get it i actually um i was i went on a, a commercial airline i think about a year or two ago and it was going to canada and i remember yeah i was going to montreal and i remember being in the advertisement uh, be, seeing like the you know when you go into a plane and you see like the do this before you go on the plane you click your click your mm. thing here and you do that whatever so i remember seeing this gay couple in this average in this kind of 
advertisement of how to conduct yourself on a plane and um <laughs> and it was done it was a gay couple a straight couple this baby couple there was all these different representations and it was just very very subtle and just nicely done i would call it and there is a certain mm. decorum that comes with i, I like there is a certain decorum that comes with like someone who's not exactly advertising like, oh, we accept gay couple couples on this plane. It's more like just like gay couples are part of this world. They're a part of this world. That's the thing. Mm. And But seeing an advertisement over and over and over again definitely makes people think, oh, if, if I see the same advertisement over and over and over again, it makes you think, oh, well, they're just targeting us. That's it. That they're trying to get us because mm. we're easy and this is like who we're like and whatever. I mean, I don't mind it a little bit because it's like, oh, good, gay people. But it doesn't mean it's it just it's blatantly advertising. I don't know what's if, if the, 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 the other demographic, I'm not sure what the other commercials look like, but you certainly do notice it. You're just like, oh, look at that. I noticed that over and over and over again because people aren't used to seeing it. I always thought the UK was very liberal when it comes to their adverts on... I thought Europe and the UK were very liberal when it comes to their advertisements toward gay people. They have a um, lot of it. I don't know if there's a lot. Of, I, I said I was shocked when I went to France how much there was. I don't think when I was growing up there was as much in the UK. But I also haven't lived in the UK for uh, almost 15 years. So mm. it's hard for me to judge how times have changed from my relative youth to what it is today and it may well be the case that it has significantly changed over the last few years one of the things that i think is interesting if we're talking about the commercialization of gay pride though is that all of a sudden um shops like claire's accessories are selling rainbow items for kids oh. so the implication being that kids are going to go to gay pride oh mm. and i mean i don't know how this is in in new york there's then the question is should we make gay pride kid friendly and <laughs> yeah if, yeah exactly and if we make gay pride kid friendly are we doing it so that kids are more uh, exposed and not in that way to mm -hmm. gay culture um and to meeting and interacting with members of the lgbtq plus community or are these kids just putting on rainbows, prancing around without understanding the the real implication of what it means? There needs to be not just making money and commercialization. There needs to be some sort of explanation that goes with it, I personally think. And mm. I'm not 100% sure that Claire's Accessories selling a rainbow tutu to a six-year-old is necessarily going to be um actively explaining the importance of understanding that you know sometimes men fall in love with men and ladies fall in love with ladies and there's people yeah. that are uh intersex and people who are different so there there has to be as well as the the indulgence should we say and the love and the the um the brightness and the partying that mm -hmm. goes along with gay pride, there also has to be the understanding that the, the, of the necessity for gay pride in that this is a response to persecution. And obviously now we can celebrate it openly and it really is a global celebration for the most part, uh, that it comes out of something which was deeply persecutory. Uh, I think I'm just making up a word there, but there was a lot of persecution. <laughs> I, I do notice a difference when it comes to, I've been to the UK Pride before and I've also been to the Parisian Pride and I've been to the one that's in the, U, in, 
in the U.S. as well. I've been to all three. And the U.S. Pride, the Gay Pride, and the Parisian Pride are all similar, similar with the fact that the people and the men that are involved and the women are a little bit more naked and they're a little bit more open and free. But I do notice that in the U.S., when they actually have the Pride March, there are a lot more children that are involved. People bring their kids. People watch from the sidelines. People are, like, celebrating. I remember when I was wearing a butterfly costume, which you so so lovely said to me i was wearing that it's costume amazing Didi, i love that costume. thanks so this little girl actually sat there and said from the sidelines she goes oh look mommy it's a butterfly wow and then the mother was like yeah isn't that great so i went over to the little girl and i blew some glitter on top of her and said magic to you and i just remember walking away and she was just the happiest Aww. little girl ever I, I do understand the idea of the persecution that comes behind pride and the fact that there's a struggle that happened to make it like this and then there comes to a censorship it's almost like censorship always seems to be a thing that comes in, into mind when it comes to children like don't let your children see this don't let your children know this don't let your children know that you have sex don't let your children know that you are you're just a human being like them mm. don't let their children know you have issues or problems or whatever the hell it is and don't let your children know that if you're gay that you are slutty yeah and slutty people they, everybody thinks slutty people are like naked people when that's not true it's slutty people can be slutty with a lot of clothes on and they can be slutty without a lot of clothes on but during gay pride month most of the time it's bloody hot and people don't want to wear their shows their, their clothes and they work out a lot and they want to show off what they've worked on for the last year so like we're gonna show off our bodies and you know mm. be proud of like our our um be proud of our physical form that we have manifested i i don't know if absolutely I, and i've noticed that with gay pride in france and paris there is a little bit of being proud of that but there's always like this un i i i noticed there's always a little bit underground dirtiness that comes to it whereas in new york there's a bit of like i am naked and proud of the fact that i am a gay manifest manifestation of who i want to be mm. so personally I, from my experience at the paris gay pride I don't think it is like a kid-friendly event. I don't think so either. I really don't. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I, I think it is very much for the, uh, the community to be loud, proud. There's a lot of actually BDSM costumes. Ooh. I don't know. I mean, are they costumes? No, because it's... <laughs> Well, let's say lifestyle choices. <laughs> Everyday um, office attire. So there's attire. a lot of people in there. BD yeah. <laughs> Did you wear to the basement? Um, <laughs> so there's a lot of people in there in their fetish gear. I think that I should Google. Like, is this the correct term? So there's a lot of people in their fetish gear as well. Um, I mean, it's it's hot and sweaty and sticky, and you know. Uh, there's a lot of people walking around with inflatable giant schlongs mm. and there is a real, I would say, phallic celebration. Mm. Um, but also, it's a long walk. You're in the sun, you've got, there's, a, there's also a lot of control of where you can go. It's not, I think, as free and as bouncy. And also, now, the one thing I would say about Pride in, in Paris is that it's a celebration almost like for, um, let's say, it's like a clubbing. It's almost like a clubbing movement through the city. There isn't uh, the sort of, I would say that in, in New York, when you've got like the shows, like, you know, dance groups. I saw one where there was a... Um, like a gay cheerleading team. Giving That's what I was a you part of. Get that in Paris. Ah, I was it's, a part of that cheerleading yeah, team. That's <laughs> very cool. So I, I definitely think that there's no question in France about the 
pride being something which is like a family friendly environment. Mm. But also I was wondering if that was perhaps because in France as well, there isn't yet, though I'm thinking they're not allowed to adopt or there isn't this idea of uh, LGBTQ families being created in terms of gay adoption and gay IVF and things like all gay surrogacy. Gay um, people aren't allowed to adopt in Paris? There isn't yet that idea of... Um, I'm not sure. I should probably Google that one. I don't think they get priority at all, no. Oh. Huh. Yeah. Jeez. There's so many <laughs> awesome children out so there it's... that need adoption, and then that then that happens? That's so sad. That makes me feel like, what what's wrong? It's so stupid. So I think there isn't, there isn't that... There isn't that family orientated focus whereas in the uk um whereas in the us there already is yes we um i find that the people in the last like 10 years or gay people in the last 10 years have been really much more family focused at least in my my view of it it doesn't mean it's true it's just that a lot of people tend to want their families they want to start a family and blossom that way and it's great go for it but i didn't know paris was or France was still in the closet, <laughs> as they say when it comes to that oh, kind of situation. So actually, the, so apparently, apparently, um, you can. So you, they are allowed to adopt mm. thanks to a law in two thousand and thirteen, which also at the same time opened up gay marriage. Um, however, they have there's no like statistics which exist and probably less than 10,000 children in France live in a homosexual parent family. Oh, okay. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. Well, Pant and Franceburg get their asses <laughs> together. <laughs> Tighten yeah. that. Tighten that law and make come, it happen. Come on, guys. You can do this. France, France, France. Still living in the 1700s. Well, no. Ironically, France used to be way more uh, open about homosexuality. But that will have to be another discussion for another podcast. Oh, Otherwise, we're going to open up a can of highly salicious worms. <laughs> That's the thing I have to say about commercialism. When you're going to be commercialized... It is all about who you're targeting as a market. And a lot of the times they sit there and see like, oh, well, gay people are salacious or they're perverts or this is what they used to think. But nowadays it's like they're just slutty, <laughs> slutty people. <laughs> and that's not it. <laughs> I'd say in the UK, you're the party scene. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not necessarily true, but a lot of times gay people want to have a good time. They don't want to sit there and be stuck inside the closet, like being, I don't know, a, a, a look more or less. A lot, of a lot of times I've noticed straight people tend to have like this kind of facade of like, oh, we have a family life now. We have a, a, a kid and we have a dog and we have a house and we have this and a good job and whatever. And where gay people just, they, it's not that we don't have that. It's just that we have to jump through some hoops more than I think straight couples do to get that. Mm, mm. Do you have any personal opinions or experiences related to the commercialization of pride? I have not been in an advertisement. However, I do know that 
there's a person named Rosé who's on RuPaul's Drag Race and a bank called JP Morgan or Morgan Stanley actually hired him for or hired her to be in like a kind of showcase and drag queens get, could get paid like thousands of dollars just to kind of do a display on Zoom for them. And JP Morgan's not exactly like a person you think, oh, they're totally into gay people and they're totally into this whole <laughs> like, like RuPaul's Drag Race and showcasing themselves for pride or whatever. But I heard it was fantastic. And I have to say, we're going to have, we're making our money. We don't get, we're, we're down with it. We're going to make it happen regardless. There's a lot of things that happen. Mm. I, I feel like they're a, a bit ignorant when it comes to advertisement and gay people, such as like Trivada or any kind of drug that has to do with Trivada drugs. Because what they do is when you look at the advertisement, the first thing you see in the advertisement is usually a gay black man, or they would sit there and have a trans person, mm. or they would have a most of the people, like I would say about 80% of the people in the advertisement are either trans, gay, or black, gay, or white, or anything that's like LGBTQ. That's who they kind of go for when it comes to Trivada mm. because they, they, they know that that is a demographic that needs to use it. They know that that's the one that's growing. And if they don't use it, they're going to get AIDS or HIV. I feel mm. like it's a little bit offensive. However, I understand where they're coming from. I, I'm like, okay, well, they say mm. they're demographic and they're going toward this. Great. Well, I'm in tourism. I have a company. And I have to figure out my demographic at who I'm targeting as far as like where to go toward. I've tried to target the gay market with drag queen tours. And although it's got some good reception, I think that the straight market is probably much more interested in the more history aspect of the gay culture and also the things I'm offering such as fashion and style and glamour and in a free form way than just like say a boring suit or macy's and so i find that that is me figuring out like who my target audience is because in commercialism it's all about who your target audience is who do you think you're going to advertise toward and you can make them up as much as you want but there's a lot of market research that comes behind it so that it makes sense when you start producing advertisement for this this do you have anything baby well i would just say personally that I think it's amazing how, especially, I'm going to say within the last five years, I do think this is, and I don't know if it's like a TikTok thing that like the world's all of a sudden way more, becoming way more accessible and open about sexuality and discussions of sexuality. However, I do think that we have to make sure that pride doesn't become a sort of over commercialize easter i mean you know as i as i was saying are we gonna start rather than calling it gay pride month are we gonna be like hey happy gamers or <laughs> like oh my god have a fabulous holiday mm. i think that's really important to not um for businesses not to jump on the bandwagon and turn it into something commercial. I mean, in the same way that Santa Claus never wore black and white until Cola made him black and white. Oh. We probably also have to make sure, sorry, not black and white, red and white, sorry. Okay. Um, okay. Santa Claus originally was green and silver or white and silver. Oh. Um, it was Cola who made him red and white. So hmm. we have to be very careful that also LGBTQ doesn't, and, and the pride and the rainbows doesn't just become another means for businesses to bring in the dollars and doesn't become a means for uh, businesses to rewrite what pride is all about. Yeah, I agree. All right, baby. So what is your last call for alcohol about gay and commercialism? Well, literally all I heard was alcohol at that point. And I'm like, what? Time for another Cosmopolitan? <laughs> Fabulous. Um, 
<laughs> so my thing would be that rainbows are beautiful, but we also need to think about not allowing it to become just a holiday, but also that it is a true celebration of the wonderful, amazing and gorgeous LGBTQ plus community. Mm. And yours, sweetie pie, what What's are you my... chugging down for a final <laughs> slurp? Well, I'm definitely absolutely chugging down something in nod to the absolute vodka commercials they used to have for all those gay people out there. Oh. <laughs> Talk about a, a brand that really worked themselves into the gay community. And they went away and they came back and now it's like all these other alcohol brands are like, we're going to get the gays drunk. Woo! <laughs> I think it's, it's absolute vodka, like the gay drink. It I was know, for the nineties. The only one I've yeah, it's the thing. It's the nineties drink. I don't think I've had absolute since I became like a okay. legal adult and able to drink. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't know there was any other kind of vodka besides absolute because that's the only advertisement <laughs> I saw. I was like, oh. There's like 80 different brands of vodka. And then, was, and then I realized it was potatoes. And I was like, oh, it's just like fermented potatoes. I was like, ooh, how'd they make it clear? That's You're curious. like, there was, there was Russian people making this before gays existed, darling. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. It wasn't just them going, give me that potato juice. <laughs> potato juice for all and rainbows. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> 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 um, my last, my last shot for alcohol is basically, I love, I think gay pride is really great. I feel a vibe. It's in June. It's hot. It's a little sweaty. It's a little sticky. It's kind of fun. It's adventurous. It's also a bit of an expression of joy that comes because after spring happens, you're like ready for the hot dog days of summer and everybody loves a good hot dog. You know what I mean? I do understand the benefits of having gay commercials in anything. I think it's great to see couples who are not just the heteronormative people striking a pose on my screen, on my advertising in, in magazines, on the internet, whatever it is. I don't particularly love when every time I click on something on Instagram or Facebook or social media, the only advertisements I get are just targeted toward a certain type of gay person or a certain type of queer person or a certain type of mm. look or a certain type of image. I feel like it's very, very limiting. I know that Google has done their work to make sure my baits and clicks all focus toward, toward one thing, but I feel like it makes me, as a person who loves to explore the world and new, know new cultures, it makes me feel like I'm becoming very, very mediocre. And gay pride is all about expressing yourself in an exuberant way and not being mediocre. Yeah, it is anything but media. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is my last call for alcohol. <laughs> as as you, I heard you take that shot, <laughs> Yes, I did. I'm trying to hide it, darling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to put it in the closet, my problem. Like, I'm actually drinking it out of a stiletto. <laughs> Ooh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. All right, baby, do you want to take us into ending this? Well, queens, queenettes, and queeniggles, we have come to the end of the show. I hope you had a great time. Please don't forget to like and subscribe, and please join us in the future for more weird, wonderful, fucking fabulousness. Ooh. Happy Pride, everyone!